At that time, Jesus took unto him the twelve and said to them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things shall be accomplished which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. For he shall be delivered up to the Gentiles and shall be mocked and scourged and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. Brethren in Christ, that is the gospel for this Sunday, Quinquagesima Sunday. Ash Wednesday is next week. So today we go over all the resources we can at 1 Peter 5 for you to have a good Lent so we can join our brethren throughout the world offering up our penances for this intention. Jesus is King. Welcome to the 1 Peter 5 podcast, Rebuilding Christendom, Restoring Catholic Culture and Tradition. I'm Timothy Flanders, the editor-in-chief of 1 Peter 5. Welcome to the show today. This is perhaps the most important show of the year, but unfortunately, it probably will not get as many clicks as we usually do, because this is not a sensational broadcast. This is not a covering uh, the latest drama out of the Vatican, but this is actually more important than all those other things, because this is about saving your soul and saving the soul of your spouse and children and your neighbor. This is a very, very important show. But unfortunately, we as trads, we like to follow after the sensations more than do our spiritual life. And I think that's probably why we suffer so much, because God wants us to go to the heights. He wants to cleanse us from our attachments to earthly things. And one of the difficulties is in our modern world, we're surrounded by these pleasures, these serotonin endorphin rushes with the social media slave masters, and we're stuck in this cycle. And so today I propose to you to break that cycle in your spiritual life using these resources. We had a very important post from Dr. Joseph Shaw on this past Saturday introducing the Lenten intention. He, Dr. Joseph Shaw, if you don't know him, he's in London and he is the president of the Una Voce International, the lay group advocating for the Latin mass and has done so since 1964, one of the oldest trad groups in existence. And there is a coordinated effort among trads to offer penances this Lent to avert the wrath of God. Because, as you may have heard, speaking of drama out of the Vatican, we may have another document, another decree, something even more severe against us, and we need to be ready for that and do penance. Now, Dr. Joseph Shaw broke this down in a, very, a way that was very potent. And so what we're going to do today, we'll go through all of these uh the links that are in the show notes so if you scroll down in this youtube broadcast below all the show notes there's going to be links to all these websites and all these pages that i'm going to go through and discuss but i just want to point everyone bring everyone's attention to this post from dr shaw because it's very very important what he says in this this is the 
appeal for prayers and penances for the liberty of the traditional Latin mass in Lent. Now, this is coordinated uh, around the globe with various trad outlets. Uh, I know the remnant is involved, obviously, Una Voce. It was published over at Rorate Cheli. So all of our trad brethren throughout the world were all uniting in this effort to offer penances for the liberty of the traditional mass. And I wanted to highlight these comments here from Dr. Shaw. I think he really, he really kicks us in the teeth spiritually here. And I, I think we really need to hearken to this, this, this very potent words here from Dr. Shaw. He says this, despite extensive efforts, I have not been able to discover any officially approved explanation as to why the traditional mass was restricted in 2021. If it is because of some wrongdoing on the part of some particular group of people, nobody is willing to go on the record and explain who or what it was or why that would justify causing such pain to those who are certainly innocent of it. And here's here's the, the key part here. What we do know is that we are justly afflicted for our sins in all the suffering which God permits to fall upon us and that God is above all factionalism and ideology. It is to him, therefore, through this intercession of our Blessed Lady that we appeal and we call on all Catholics, even those not directly affected by the problems just described, the Latin Mass, to join us in beseeching God to restore peace to the church. Now this, and then he, he mentions the prayer to avert God's wrath, which is the collect for the Thursday after Ash Wednesday, which goes like this. O God, who by sin art offended and by penance appeased, Mercifully regard the prayers of thy suppliant people and turn aside the scourge of thy anger, which we deserve for our sins. So Dr. Shaw is calling us to a Catholic attitude of suffering. Our, we are all enduring various forms of suffering, but we are enduring the suffering of the stripping of our parishes from the ancient Roman rite of our forefathers. And this is what our own trad forefathers suffered in back in 1969 across the world. And in fact, that situation was a lot worse than the situation we face now. So we are we are currently suffering a lighter scourging from God's permissive will, permissive wrath. We are currently suffering a a lesser scourging, a lesser suffering. And this this what Dr. Shaw writes here is so acute because this is the attitude that we need to have when we encounter any suffering whatsoever, whether we deserve it or we don't, because ultimately we are not given our lives because we merited it. We didn't merit to be born. We didn't merit to be created by God. God created us out of nothing by a pure act of grace. And he gave to us the true faith and he baptized us as a pure act of grace. We didn't merit that. And we certainly didn't merit to have the ancient Roman right of our forefathers. We don't deserve that. And so if God takes it away by his own permissive will, it is an occasion for us to reassert our, we need to be humbled under the mighty hand of God. We need to suffer well. We need to offer up penance and to consider the suffering that we face as punishment for our sins 
or at, as well as offering up suffering on behalf of our brother, on behalf of our the, the sinner, on behalf of making reparation for evil clerics. This is, this is the proper Catholic attitude to have when we encounter the suffering, and, it, and it's extremely difficult to have this attitude. It's extremely difficult when you're wronged by an abusive father because you are wounded in your heart. You are wounded deep in your heart, and we're all wounded. We've all felt this. We've all felt like abused children. And yet this Lent, this is, I believe that this is what God is calling us to in this greater devotion to truly purify our hearts. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses said, says that God led you, Israel, through the desert to see what is in your heart. Is God leading us, trads, through the desert to see what is in our heart, to see if we can purify our hearts that we may truly offer the Latin mass of our forefathers with a most pure offering, an offering that is purified in the fires of suffering. So all of these things we pour into our offering in Lent. And the Una Voce appeal is just a general approval. It does not prescribe any particular penance. It just says, offer your penance for this intention for the liberty of the traditional mass. So we beseech Almighty God to turn away the scourge of his wrath. That he may give us, give to our children, so that we may offer him the true sacrifice of praise, the fitting sacrifice of praise of the ancient Roman rite, for his sake, for his own glory, and for the sake of our children. And this brings us to our fasting sodality. Now, we already talked about this last week, so you can go back to the, the, prior, the prior episode from last week, but this is our lay sodality of fasting. So this is, this is one practical way that you can offer this up, this whole intention of averting God's wrath, doing penance for the liberty of the, of the traditional mass, is this sodality right here. Let me see what we have here. We've got um, currently the English language. We have, a, we're, we have a Spanish language version coming. Let me check on the group here. The current... The current numbers are we have 151 members across the world. So currently 151 members have committed themselves to this fasting rule. So this is at 1peter5.com slash fast, the Fellowship of St. Anthony. So this is led by Matthew Pleasy in, and it's also, it was co-founded by Steve Cunningham over at Census Fidelium. And this is, you can go in to get all the rules, but the basic, the basic rule is to follow the, and here's the book. Also, this is available in English right now. We're coming up with, with um, Spanish and Polish very soon, God willing. But you can get the book here from Matthew Pleasy, Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Abstinence. But essentially, this group is, we all take on the fasting of the 1917 Code of Canon Law. That's the minimum. But it also removes partial abstinence. So what this mean is, means is you do not eat meat for the entirety of Lent, including Sundays. And you only eat one meal per day, six days a week. So this is a tough fasting rule if you've never fasted before. But 
we need to offer up more penances. Some demons are not driven out except by prayer and fasting. And we haven't really been doing a lot of fasting these days over the past 60 years. We need to be doing more of this fasting to drive out the demons for the church, to offer penance to Almighty God, to offer reparation for sins, the sins of the clergy, and for this main intention that we're offering up this Lent, the liberty of the Latin Mass. So that's one practical way. Obviously, you can offer up any of your own penances, but it's very helpful to do it as a group. And then you can form your own chapter in your parish. You can gather some some people in your parish to do this together. It's a great practice to get people together once a week or twice a week, Wednesdays or Fridays, pray stations, eat a eat that Lenten meal, eat that veggie meal, make some veggie soup, veggie chili, things like that. Doing that together is very strengthening. And we read some quotes from the saints that are contained in that, some of them contained in this post uh, about the efficaciousness of the corporate fasting. I got a few few comments here. Um, welcome, Trad Thomas. Steve, Steve uh, has a great comment. Today's motto: Tweet more, pray less. That's today's that's today's motto. Yeah, I and I'm going to talk about our our what we're going to do on Twitter. But I mean, social media is is just the devil's playground, and it's designed to be that way. And so many of us get stuck in this in this cycle. Um, so. Uh, Trad Thomas says, this is exactly what the traditionalist movement needs. Yeah, I, this is, so um, we need faithful, fervent souls to take up more penances for the sake of us all, for this whole movement. This movement, we need to purify our souls, purify our movement. We are all in need of more suffering and more purification and, and a greater, more perfect sacrifice to Almighty God. We're all in need of that. And we offer this particular intention. So let's talk some more practical things. So again, these are all, all of these webs, all of these pages are all linked in each of the um, links in the show notes. So let's go to the next one. This is about, it's called, here's how the devil plans to ruin your resolutions. This was back for January, but this is about the, this is about the trap of immoderate zeal. The trap of immoderate zeal. And this is what the, the Desert Fathers talk about. And here's a quote here from St. John Cassian. Because pious souls who want to do something for God, the people who want, are going to be listening to this podcast, this podcast is not going to draw people who want sensational news. It's going to draw people who are pious souls and want to do something for Almighty God. But we can fall into this trap, which is immoderate zeal. Immoderate zeal is when you do too much too fast. And then you fail, crash and burn. And then the devil comes and mocks you and says, well, you're terrible. You, you're, you clearly can't do anything. Uh, you should just give up. He, he tempts you with despair by causing you to do too much too fast. What we need to look at here is this fasting rule, for example, 1peter5.com slash fast. It is a year-long fast. Lent is obviously the most intense fast, but it it includes a, a, a whole fasting calendar for the entire year. So it's restoring all these traditional fasting days and customs, vigils, ember days, St. Martin's Lent, etc. And 
it is a year, it's a year long thing. And so doing too much too fast, we need to look at the long term. We need to, if you want to grow in your penances, grow in your discipline, your spiritual life, you want to do a little bit for a longer time, long term. Um, so I'll talk about mental prayer in a minute. But if you want to increase your prayer, you want to increase it by increments. So this Lent, think long term. Think what you're going to do this Lent and then what you're going to do in Paschal time. I'm going to increase my prayer time from five minutes to 10 minutes. And you, you can do it. You can increase your, you can always increase your commitment. You know, two weeks into Lent, it's really easy. What you committed to is really easy. You got to take it, take it two weeks at a time. If you're starting a brand new discipline, take it two weeks at a time, start the discipline, evaluate after two weeks, then think to yourself, was that too easy? Well, why don't I add five more minutes? Why don't I add 10 more minutes? And then two weeks go by. Whoa, that was way too hard. I, did, I only did it like twice out of these two weeks, twice, two days. Then it's too much. So go back down to something that's just in that sweet spot so you can do that long term. This is fighting against this trap of immoderate zeal. Now let's continue on. Fight the real enemy this Lent. This is talking about the importance of understanding your predominant fault. So in this article, we talk about a number of different um, temperaments. There's the four temperaments. And we draw on Gary Lagrange in his teaching on the predominant fault. The predominant fault is the way in which the devil has twisted your temperament. So the way God designed you, your personality, he has twisted your temperament to become a overarching vice. That's your predominant fault. That's the particular thing that you are prone to that is, is the main enemy. The main enemy of your fighting and striving with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. But each of us has this predominant fault. Each of us has this predominant issue which is tied to our own personalities, which we need to focus on that one issue. That's the main enemy. And that is how, because another trick of the devil is that he says, well, you've got all these different sins you have a problem with. And if you don't fight them all at the same time, you, you should just give up. You're terrible. You know, this another same sort of immoderate zeal trick. But if you are pressing against your predominant fault, that is the thing that sort of ends up catching all the other faults and the other sins and the other vices because your predominant fault is tied to your temperament. So you can read that article for more on that. So the next thing is a lot of trads are committed to praying the daily rosary. This is something that is uh, thankfully uh, more or less common among many trads. But Our Lady of Fatima didn't just say, pray the rosary every day. She also said, do the first Saturdays. And the first Saturdays include a 15 minutes of mental prayer. Mental prayer is a heightened contemplative focusing of your mind on the mysteries of the rosary, the mysteries of our Lord's life and Our Lady. And it is focusing of the mind on this thing so that it will move our hearts 
to resolve to do the Lord's will. When we're filling our mind with Almighty God and all of his mysteries, and we're just constantly thinking about these things, we find that our will follows our intellect. Our heart follows after what we think about. Some of us get, like, again, talking about Twitter and social media, we get in this cycle of thinking about bad things, bad things that are happening. A lot of these things we can't even control. We have no power over these things. So we're thinking all about these things that we can't control, that are bad, that are out there, that are really somebody else's responsibility. And then we're putting sort of this burden on ourselves. And this is this is the cycle in our brain. And mental prayer attacks that so that we can think upon, as St. Paul says, think upon what is true, good, and beautiful. And there's two texts that I want to recommend here that I have in the in the in the links here the catechism of mental prayer this is a, a old book that's free online here's the pdf that's the um the pdf is linked and then this is the text that we will be using in our own social media outreach shall we say the school of jesus crucified so this is this is very uh, has been very impactful for me personally. This comes from a, a 19th century author originally written in Italian, but translated into English. And if you want the print version, so there, here's the pre, free PDF, but there's also a, a free print version, or not a free print version, but, oh, you know what? Did I did I leave it upstairs? I left it upstairs. Well, it's it's on the thumbnail of this broadcast. And it's the reprinted version that Tan has a has a has a pr printed version that you can get a printed copy. You can also use the IPATA app, which is a very very good um, app on your phone if you want to use that. It also there's a there's a digital version on there too. So what we will be doing at One Peter Five to try to encourage Trads and others to take on this mental prayer to focus more on the things that are higher than all of these earthly attachments are these meditations of the passion. This, I, I love this, this text because it has a meditation on the passion for every single day of the month. So it is, so the very day one is Jesus takes leave of the blessed mother. And then go the next day he goes, he's betrayed by uh, Judas. He, and then the next day he goes into the garden of olives and the next day he's praying with a bloody sweat. And then the next day he's bound with chains. And so on and on and on, it keeps on going in the middle of the month. You're, you're into the scourging and the crowning with thorns. It's all the sorrowful mysteries, but it's all the details that are in the scriptures between the sorrowful mysteries and day 31. G well, day 30, Jesus dies on the cross and day 31, he is pierced with this, with the spear. So it goes through the entire passion and then it restarts the next, the next month. So this is this is what I do every day. This is the book that I use, and it's been very helpful to me. So it might be helpful to you or others. So that's what I'll be doing just on Twitter and, and social media. So trying to um, reach out in, 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 a, in the social media realm where there's so much evil and all of this addiction to these social media pleasures, this these likes and everything. We're going to be using that platform to proclaim Jesus crucified. Um, now. Another thing to consider is you might want to you might want to you know quit Twitter 
quit quit uh, social media for Lent and then maybe think about doing that forever. Uh, maybe that's a good plan for you. Um, we use Twitter. We use social media at 1P5 because we're trying to reach out to people. We're trying to reach out and bring people to a higher uh, spiritual life. If by God's grace, we can do that. There are lots of evils in the Internet, but at the same time, there's a lot of potential for good. So God can bring good out of even social media. So um, now that brings us to one of the more complicated topics, which is almsgiving, because uh, fasting and prayer are somewhat simple in some sense, even if they're not easy. But a more difficult concept is uh, almsgiving. JC says, build groups of study groups. Yeah. So uh, this is what I mean, we want. What we want to do at One Peter Five is we want to provide the online resource so that you can create this group in your own parish, because that's where it really needs to be. And we're just providing the connection, like on the online um, lay sodality of fasting. We're just providing that connection that helps people have that communal connection where they know that their brethren across the world. They're, they're, that's from One Peter Five. The um, first Peter chapter five, where St. Peter says, uh, resist the devil because you know that your brethren throughout the world are facing the same struggles. And so the online lay sodality is what allows you to contact your brethren throughout the world. And then you can do this in your own parish. And that's the idea. So great point, JC. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about almsgiving. Now we have a few links here one is a short catechism on almsgiving. This is based on the doctrines of the church, and it gives a lot of practical practical uh, doctrines and understandings about what do we really owe the poor? What do we really owe in our almsgiving? And so it goes through in a question-answer format and citing all the, uh, the most uh, authoritative um, uh catechisms and St. Thomas, getting through a lot of misinformation that's out there. Um, and th this is this can be really helpful just to study this, to get some basic doctrine as to what are your obligations to the poor. And then I want to recommend this article here that I wrote when we were going into this. This was actually in the winter of 2021. So there's a little bit of context here that you can kind of ignore that. But the basic, the basic doctrine here, or the basic uh, aspect of this that I explain in, in this article, this is, which is a practical guide to setting up ministries for the poor through your parish. If your parish is not helping the poor, then that, that's, I would view this as a, an integral part of every single parish. It should be helping the poor. That's what Christians have always done. And that's what Jesus, our Lord, commands us to do in, I believe it's the Monday of the first week of Lent. So if you just look at the gospel readings for um, the, the, all the, the Lenten ferias, um, let's see, first Sunday, I believe, yes, yes, okay. It is the, yeah, the gospel for the Monday of the first full week of Lent is the sheep and the goats when it, it speaks about the corporal works of mercy. And so that's why I, I would say every parish needs to have some ministry to the poor. Now, maybe your parish is 
um, in a wealthy area. There are, there are not a lot of poor people in, in your parish neighborhood. Well, then you need to raise, raise money to support a worthy cause. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about one worthy cause that we're promoting in a minute, but just real quickly, it, a lot of, a lot of trad parishes get put, you know, get put in the downtown parish or whatever, some parish in a bad neighborhood or whatever. Well, here's, there is a model that was, that was created, uh, by blessed Ozanam in the 19th century, 19th century France. So it's actually a, a model given, uh, by a saint in the modern period. And it is, um, it is a model that is followed by, um, the St. Vincent de Paul society today. Unfortunately, I can't recommend that society to really join that society because they do support a few things that are questionable, shall we say. Um, but the basic model that was created in the 19th century is, I think, a very, very good model for helping the poor. And essentially what it is, is this. It is a um, what you have is you had a, you have a dedicated people or a dedicated group of a, of half a dozen to a dozen people at your parish. And their job is to respond to the needs of the poor who come to your doorstep and to meet them. So what you do is you, you go and you send two of your, your members of this group to go meet with somebody who needs help. So you go to their house, you meet them face to face. A lot of these people just need friends. They just need a friend to help them along in some way. And in every major city, in every major city, there are a bunch of Christians helping the poor. So, for example, in my city, there's one Christian agency that helps homeless people get driver's licenses. There's one agency that helps people get housing. There's another agency that helps people get jobs. And so what it is, is simply a matter of becoming aware of your community. So you have your parish group that's responding to the needs of such and such person. You meet them. You say, we want to help you. You are becoming friends with them. And then you find out what, where can I help their specific need? You find out what their need are. What is their need? They need this. They need that, whatever. So you want to connect them with the people who are already doing this. There's a lot of agencies that are already doing this in major cities. So any major city that's going to have poverty, there's a lot of agencies already doing this. And if you don't already have an agency that you can connect them with to get X, Y, Z, whatever it is, then you give them friendship and you act as you would to love your neighbor. And so at my parish, we have this, um, this, so this, it's a, we call it the St. Vincent neighborhood, uh, outreach, but it's, um, it's not associated with St. Vincent de Paul, as I said, but it's just called St. Vincent because it's named after St. Vincent de Paul. Um, but we, we, you know, we have allocated funds from the parish finances, and then we can decide how to use those to help this or that person in the neighborhood, in the area. And this is the type of um, organization or, or ministry that you need to have at your parish. And so if you, if you don't already have that, if you don't already have that, set it up. So finally, we're going to offer up um, an opportunity to give alms 
for Lent, and that is to our the Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima in St. Petersburg, Russia. This is the icon that we use, that we've been using on this broadcast for months now, especially since the war in Ukraine started. And so this is right in line with our own uh, patroness of Our Lady of Fatima um, for the conversion of Russia, uh, for the reparations to the Immaculate Heart, for peace in Ukraine, and this shrine, this this is the I, the Russian icon of Our Lady of Fatima. It was written by a Russian Orthodox Christian. And it is the devotion that we are promoting. We want to raise money to build this shrine in St. Petersburg, Russia, which will be used to promote the Fatima devotion in Russia. And if you scroll down on this Twitter post, which I have linked below again, you have the, the link here to the donation site here. Now, if you click this, I just want to note to everybody to make sure everybody understands this. The uh, Father Alexander Burgos is the, the head of this organization in St. Petersburg, Russia. He himself is from Spain. So he's a Spaniard working as a Russian Catholic priest in St. Petersburg promoting this devotion. So when you when you go to this website, you have to donate in euros. But all you do, you can just put 10 euros. And if you put in your, um, so this is in Spanish, transferencia bancaria, but that obviously be a bank transfer. Um, so you can put your credit card in. But just so everybody knows, it is in Spanish. And the reason it's in Spanish is because Father Burgos is a Spaniard. So th this is uh, some people were concerned about whether or not this was the legit site. It's definitely the legit site. Yes, it is. It's it's the reason it's in Spanish is because Father Burgos, who runs this, is Spanish, but he, he's in St. Petersburg. Um, but if you just so uh, for my American uh, readers and, and listeners and viewers, uh, you can put in your credit card number here and it'll transfer to euros. So you don't have to worry about it'll just it's like. Uh, 10 euro is like 1080 US dollars. Um, so this, if you look at the website, it has um, some of the information about the icon of Fatima. And um, so this is in Spanish, but you could actually switch over to English here. So, um, but this is the plan for St. Petersburg, Russia. This is the, uh, our, one of our writers, Lyndon Preddy. He's a Ukrainian Greek Catholic, and he has helped coordinate this. And we have an association. Uh, what we're what we're trying to do here is we're trying to bring this icon to the West so that people can buy it. They can buy it, and then it will be a fundraiser for the shrine. But you can also donate, as I said, to the shrine now at that link provided. Um, but we're still working on this. We've we've been working on this for over a year, trying to get all the logistics together. Um, but we've got more people on board now and I'm really feeling like this is finally going to get together so we can actually have the icon available to buy, to be printed and used for devotional purposes in the West and in the Americas. And there will be a cut to the shrine. That's, that's what we're working on. So if you want to be a part of that, you can contact me to join that group as well. If you want to help out with that effort, but that is our effort of almsgiving that we're promoting this Lent. So that is our broadcast. 
as I said, I think this is uh, the most important thing we've done all year is the importance of this, as St. John Chrysostom said of this season, this is the springtime of the soul. This can be the springtime of your soul if you put forth the effort by God's grace. So let's all join our brethren who are suffering throughout the world, uh, the difficulties of the trad movement right now, and that God would help us to offer up a, a more fitting sacrifice of our hearts, our purified hearts of earthly attachments through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So take a look at the links below. I hope it's helpful. And with all things, let's offer up an Ave to Our Lady of Fatima. And we'll invoke our patrons at 1 Peter 5 for this intention. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu miliarbus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunca in hora mortis nostre. Amen. A Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Blessed Emperor Carl, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <laughs>